You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage I'm your Podcast. I'm Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so thankful you are here for it all today with me as we talk to Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo of One Extraordinary Marriage. Guys, I'm so honored that we have the number one marriage podcasters on the air with us today. That is so cool. And they've been podcasting for over 12 years. So we are in for such a treat with them today as they talk not only about how to adventure well together, what they've learned, and they're super vulnerable, which you know we all love. And they also, what I extra love is that they're going over the ways to intimacy with us. And instead of it being just a find your love language and then do that one, they're like, but you need all of them. So we're going to give you a sampling of what that looks like today. And I hope I've piqued your curiosity because I know they really got me thinking and you know I love that. So very excited about that. I do want to remind you guys that as you're figuring out your adventures together, we've had several different guests on this month. And I want to do a quick recap because we're moving into sexual intimacy next week. But I want to remind you that we had so many different angles. We had Jen and Rob come on talking about making sure that you guys know how to not just work all the time, but to have fun, to take breaks together. And they gave us ways to do that as well as ways to have health together in our adventures so that we could go with longevity. We talked with my hubby Wes about how many couples struggle with looking at the grass is greener on the other side. I know he has the four arrow. I know a lot of fours out there. And I know the research that that's the number one marriage issue in many cases and even reason for divorce is affair prevention, boredom, we have busyness, we have health. And of course, Tony and Elisa are adding more today, but also Sharon and Dennis, Sharon, my mentor, psychology expert in the area, said, please lean in together as you're adventuring so you don't just do one person's adventure or the other. So I'm so glad we get to wrap it up with Tony and Elisa, but I wanted to give you guys that recap before they come on so you could really lean in to just one more tool today as they teach us about how to love well in all these areas. And just a quick reminder, I'm so grateful for those who join the ENM Collective. I'm really soaking it in, thankful, excited. Our doors are closed to outsiders right now, not because we don't want to involve others, but I'm still learning. This is really exciting for me to figure out what nine different personality types want. And it's quite a challenge too, because I want to do that well and with grace. And I don't want to be saturated with just what one type wants. And sometimes people, tell me they want opposite things. So it's really neat. And I am somebody who loves to figure things out. So I'm really working hard to make that group really special. And I'll reopen the doors 
when I feel like we're settled, but I'm loving it. We're having a lot of time with extra podcasts, and you can even get a hold of those extra podcasts for our subscriber series. If you visit Apple, anybody can get a hold of those for a very nominal fee, and then we will open our collective doors again later, and we do monthly trainings with that, and we do, I've been doing Facebook Lives, and I'm excited about that, so we have been having good conversations in there, and I just wanted to keep the rest of you guys aware of that, and if you're in it with me, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's so cool to have people actually walking the journey together, and we're learning little by little to be vulnerable together. And that's not always easy for me, by the way. So thank you for encouraging me and all of you who are sharing. Just sometimes you give me messages on Instagram or Facebook and just hearing that your lives are being touched by this show sends beams of joy. So I'm so grateful. And I love that you're also loving the mini episodes we're doing on Wednesdays where we've been going type by type. So don't forget this week, we're going to be talking about type six in marriage and onward. So yay for that also. And then lastly, before Tony and Elisa come on, don't forget that this whole year we've been doing the Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner. Week by week, we have different journeys for you to do. And this whole month is adventures. So I hope you're calendaring your items that you want to do throughout the next year just to say, hey, let's try to have some vision together for what we want to do. Let's save up. Let's make sure that we are on track, that we're leaning in. All these things you're going to be learning today too. But just make sure that you're not just saying, okay, we'll do this once a year and then it's done. Make sure that you guys are with us. You can either grab our planner. We have new updated covers as well at enneagramandmarriage.com, black and white covers instead of the pink hearts. Or you can just follow along lightly here, but we go really deep and we try to have a weekly balance with everything so that you're really getting your calendaring going well. And I've been loving doing that journey with you. Like I said, I wasn't even sure I'd have that much growth because we're already a marriage helper family, but we really are. We're making headway and it feels really good. So I hope you'll join me in that with the planner or just on your own. But just having adventures is key. And if you can't go anywhere for some reason or COVID is back again, I know Wes was saying that about his clientele changing and having a lot more COVID patients. It's Maybe you get back in the books. I know my whole family has been joining my son and I in some of our Lord of the Rings Two Towers treks, and it's been a lot of fun, even if we can't adventure sometimes, to get in books and adventure with Frodo and Sam and the rest of them. So totally encouraging you to jump in with us. You know the series is coming out in September, and I got somebody to do an episode with me on typing. So very, very excited for that. But total diversion. We are back to it. Actual adventures. And yes, we are planning those two. We are headed actually next week for an adventure. So but in this culture, you just you do what you can because you realize sorrows come and times come when you have to just dig in and love each other. And I think that we're trying to be more open handed as a society too after the last couple of years where we're like, you know what, like we want to have adventures and we're going to plan for them. But we're also opening our hands, uh, if you share my faith, to God to just say, you know what? Like, here's my plans. You tell me what's up because this world is cray cray. And um, I just want to be able to be gracious as things shift. 
So make sure you keep that perspective with me too and make sure you keep scheduling your stress-free conversation date nights because those are everything when you just aren't seeing eye to eye and you just need to go back to that foundation. But I'm gonna give you right to Tony and Elisa now because I'm telling you they have all this and more as they share with us. So very excited and we get to hear their love story too. So, okay, let's talk to them. Hey, Tony and Elisa. I'm so happy to have you guys. We're happy to be here. This is super exciting for us. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. That was great to be here. Oh, thank you. You guys have such an incredible podcast presence. I was just telling our audience about that. Can you tell us a little bit about One Extraordinary Marriage and how it got started? Yeah, I mean, the well, the podcast itself started January of 2010. So yeah. we are 12 wow. podcast years old um, oh and gosh. recorded over 700 shows. Wow. 700 episodes. The word show and episode for Tony and I is kind of a funny little thing. <laughs> We've been having that today, actually. I was uh, giving her a hard time because Elisa says show for everything. And uh, it's been like that for almost 12 years at this point. But I, I say show. It's a one extraordinary marriage show. And every episode, episode we do, but she just calls them all shows. Yeah. So, so, so that was just a funny little thing. Like I said, it, and I immediately I can hear, feel Tony's next week goes, oh, because we actually have a little thing now where yeah, every, give me a kiss. I know exactly. Like every time I get it wrong, I have to give him a kiss. So if you don't mind, just a quick kiss. Yep. To- there we go. Honor my commitment. To oh him. my gosh. Okay. Beams of joy on the ceiling. Didn't expect that. Love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So 12 years of yeah. podcasting, which now we're seeing podcasting flying out into the open world. This mm-hmm. is an incredible legacy you're building. And even just right there, we're already seeing your beautiful marriage. Um, so I also love how Elisa said, you know, do you mean one extraordinary marriage us or the podcast? <laughs> so we want to hear about both. We want to hear how you guys started out too. Yeah. So we are, we're just coming up on knowing each other for 28 years. Yeah. Wow. And we met, um, summer of 1994 on the campus of Boulder university of Colorado at Boulder. And, uh, I had just turned 21. Mm -hmm. Elisa was 19. She was there for an internship program and the program rented out my fraternity house where I was a cook uh, I was a breakfast cook mm-hmm. and I was a cleaner and just did my thing. And the directors of the program prior to all the students coming in just said, Hey guys, last year was a little odd, like felt weird. Like you guys just worked and you didn't really interact with the students this year, just interact with the students if you don't mind. And so myself and the other guys who work there at the house, were like, sure, we can talk to them and everything. And I, I think I, I turned 21. You were probably there, what, June 5th or something? Yeah, it was just a couple of days after. After my 21st, 21st, we happened to just meet and we just started talking and sparks were flying in a way for a yeah. summer fling to happen. Yeah. Because I had just turned 21. I was like, yeah. I'm not into a relationship. I had just gone out of a crazy relationship. I'm like, if you want to do a summer fling, we're, we're cool. And we watched Aww. World Cup soccer. World Cup soccer. OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson, oh, the white Bronco. We that like, yeah. I have a very vivid memory of us sitting in their lounge room with the old you know TV, yes. big TV, um, <laughs> watching the white Bronco going down the freeway. Yep. And then we'd go up to Chautauqua Park and talk. We'd go up left-hand Canyon for drives. Oh we'd go gosh. out to the Boulder Reservoir. Yeah. So we just did a bunch of stuff that summer. Yeah. So oh. he, he interacted well that summer. And here we are 20 years later. <laughs> so it really, the summer fling turned out to be a 28 year plus. Oh my gosh. 
still yeah. going, still going. Still going. We got married two years later in 96 and uh, yeah. yeah, here we are. Here we are. Oh. Wow. That's beautiful. What a beautiful story and legacy. And Tony, what would you say just captivated you to the point about Elisa, where you said, I just can't let this go at the end of the summer. I'm not ready to let it go. What kind of surprised you there? You know, I was dropping her off at Stapleton airport and this is back in the day when you could go up to the gate with them. And, um, and so I was dropping her off. I'd given her a dozen roses Mm -hmm. and I remember not taking off my sunglasses because there were tears welling up in my eyes. And I remember leaving her there and turning around and going, that's the woman and I'm just letting her go. And so it was, it was a weird feeling because I was like, that wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't, this wasn't the plan that I had seen or, or wanted. Yeah. Um, but I remember just walking away going, Nope, that's the one. And oh. made sure what, within a couple of days or, or probably even that night, making sure you got home and well, yeah, he made, yeah, he made sure I got home safely. And, you know, I was doing a brief stay with my parents before I was going back to college for my senior year. And then I remember it was like that, that my first week back at college, Tony called me and he started telling me about how he was having this conversation with his friends about his girlfriend. Well, I thought he was still talking about his ex. So I got like super defensive and shut down and did a whole bunch of things. And he's like, he pauses and he he just leans. I can see him leaning into the phone. He's like, I'm talking about you. And I was like, Oh, he hadn't actually had that conversation. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry Our communication wasn't that great. Yeah. (laughs) We've learned a lot in almost 30 years. Yeah. Yes, of course. And we have to let our audience know there's hope because a lot of them are young, 20 somethings, and even a few younger. So this yeah. is all a learning curve, you guys. We're still learning, right, guys? Absolutely. So true. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm just thinking of that scene from Family Man with Nicolas Cage when he's coming back for the second chance at the airport. And I'm so glad you got it on the first try. Um, did you ever see that movie by any chance? I haven't, I have it. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, I've watched a lot of Nicholas oh. Cage movies, but I don't know that I've seen that one. He's a thing right now. Even my teen daughters are like Nicholas Cage. <laughs> so it's a really good Nicholas Cage movie to check okay. out family man. Okay. And it really is reminiscent of your story. Oh, All right, well then we will watch it. We watch, we're always looking for good recommendations. Oh, yes. Oh Thank my you. gosh. So good. Okay. So I love hearing this because it gives us, like we said, that flavor for knowing Lots, are, lots of things are possible. I also noticed how Lisa in the story, you were really good at just getting on the plane too. And as you guys know, sometimes it's important for us to be able to set boundaries when somebody isn't into us. And of course he was like, whoa, I am into her, but I'm just impressed that you were getting on the plane, Elisa. Well, I didn't have much of a choice because I was going <laughs> back for my senior year and yeah. I, had a, I was an admissions counselor at the university. So I had a hard date that I had to be back. Okay. And but, yeah, that definitely helped, but it was also, but you knew early I on knew, when we had met that, yeah. that you, I was pretty sure that Tony was the guy. Yeah. Um, I have a very distinct memory of us sitting up. Like he mentioned, we went to Chautauqua park, you know, up there in the Rockies and being in this place where we're sitting up on a rock and there's like cloud cover below us. So like yeah. we were sitting above the clouds and we were just I having this conversation where like, I just felt more than any other guy that I'd ever met. And I mean, not that I was old at that point in time, I just turned 20, yeah. but, but he was so vulnerable and so real. And I just remember thinking like, this is what I want, mm. right? This is the, these are the kinds of conversations that I want to be able to have with a guy. 
And so, yes, so I knew, but it was that whole like, okay, well, if he's not ready, if he's not saying anything, then I'm not going to go first. Like we're going to wait this out. And so he put me on the plane and I took the roses and kept my fingers crossed. Oh my goodness. I love that. My daughters and I are that way. And there's so many who aren't, and that's okay. But Mm -hmm. some of us have that Jane Austen kind of air, like I will be pursued or else. (laughs) So that's really hard. And of course, in marriage, it shifts the pursuer distance or shifts. So I know there's been different dynamics since then, I'm sure, but, but beautiful just to see that Alisa. And I'm sure that was very captivating for Tony to know you could handle yourself. You didn't want to, but you could, if you had to, right? Oh, she, wow, what she, you has, say? she has that Puerto Rican blood in her. She, she has the spice in her. She can, she can hold her own many a times over. That, that actually was much sweeter. I wasn't sure what was going to come out. Like, <laughs> when he inhales like that, I'm like, what's coming next? No, you know. Uh, oh, I love that. The little inflections we know about our spouses after this many years of even our inflections. So it's beautiful. Well, um, I love hearing about your Colorado adventures together. We took a trip there last summer and we love that gorgeous state, but tell me a little bit about what marriage adventures have been like to you. As you know, we're talking about that on, um, we've been talking about that all on our podcast this whole month. So we knew you guys have had many an adventure, but I didn't know your early story started with one. Yes. Well, we, you know, we've done all kinds of adventures over the years. I mean, when we first got married, um, we were living in the Palm Springs, Palm Desert, and even into like the Loma Linda Redlands area of Southern California. Of Southern California. Yeah. And so I'll never forget our second Christmas as a married couple. So Christmas of 98, I start opening my Christmas presents and I don't recommend this unless you've already discussed it with your spouse, but I got a fanny pack, I got hiking boots and I got uh, a guide a called guide. the best, the best hikes in Orange County, California. Yeah. And, and I'll never forget like seeing the boots and the fanny pack. Was, and my mother-in-law looks at me, she goes, is he trying to tell you something? <laughs> like clearly we're about to embark on some kind of adventure, but that actually catapulted us into doing hikes all over Southern California. We've yeah. summited um, the three highest peaks together. Yep. Here. Yes. Um, we've, we've hiked through Joshua Park. Oh, that's a dream trip. Yeah, Joshua tree. We've done Let's see, Mount San Gregonio, Mount Baldy, Baldy mm-hmm. San Jacinto, the three highest peaks here. We did all sorts of adventures, even up and down the coast. Um, some of the foothills in, on the coast here. Uh, we went up into Yosemite, mm-hmm. Sequoia, Sequoia, Kings Canyon. Yeah. So, so those early adventures were funny because I, especially in the early years of our marriage, had this um, incredible knack for always forgetting something didn't matter if I had a yes. list or whatever, but we'd, we'd end up getting to a campsite and I'd be pulling out stuff. And the Joshua tree story is kind of funny because well, we, we went from hiking into, we, we moved from that hiking stage into shortly thereafter getting into backpacking. And yes. so we started doing, you know, overnighters, oh longer God. trips, wow. but yeah, we, we, we do some fun trips. Yeah. Joshua tree. I think I forgot my contact lens case. I've forgotten, you know, blister pads. I forgot. From you forgot feet. your, your sleeping pad. I did forget my sleeping pad too. And Joshua tree is a great trip. Cause like, I forgot everything. Uh, I'm, I'm not and it's sure. cold and it can get cold. Yeah. So we woke yeah. up in the morning and context lens cases were frozen. Yeah. You know? So it was just one of those. I, I, yeah. That was yeah. one of those mine were anyways. She had to wear her contacts yeah. through the night. 
but I remember that Joshua tree story. That's kind of funny because I'd forgotten my sleeping pad and, um, we were young married. So Tony was still learning how to be a great husband. And when I acknowledged the fact that I didn't have my sleeping pad, oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. um, he just kind of looked at me and he's like, well, I guess you're going to have to sleep on your backpack. Cause I'm like crashing out on my pad. And I was like, right. yeah. wow, you like, <laughs> won't give me your sleeping pad. Nope. Okay. Okay. This is where we stand. <laughs> I see how you are. I see how you are. I'm liking with you. It's yeah. just, just you're gonna have to. Tony, Tony believes in natural consequences. Right. Yeah. Love and logic in this moment, and you're like, yeah. okay, this was him before some of the conversations, and of course, the way life grounds you and humbles you. But how fun that you had all of these adventures in yeah. Colorado and California, and you found this love of hiking and backpacking together. That's incredible. And not all couples like that. Uh, we are some that do we're doing, uh, California hiking this summer, but we really know that a lot of couples, uh, their adventures are even just doing a puzzle together. And that feels risky. Um, and I get it because they're like, Hey, it's a 5,000 piece puzzle. It is a risk. Um, so I love that. And I'm sure, (laughs) yeah, I'm sure you guys are like, we've had all kinds of adventures, but is it something that you guys plan out? How do you decide to keep adventure going? I know you said you have the Puerto Rican spice helping you guys along the way, but that keeps it a little spicy. Yeah, we definitely, you know, what we realized, so, so we did a lot of hiking, backpacking in like the first four or five years of our marriage. Prior to kids. Prior to kids. When kids came, that changed for us. Tony Mm -hmm. still continued a lot of solo adventuring, whether it be um, long distance road cycling, uh, you did, um, uh, no, with your running. My ultra marathon. Ultra marathons. I'm like long, long running. Yeah. Um, you know, and still a lot of backpacking. I didn't as much when the kids, you know, as our kids have grown up, but well, and you don't like it now at all. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It there. might be something about being in my mid forties where like yeah, yeah, sitting yeah, on the yeah. ground isn't as comfortable. And I, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, like beds. Yeah. It's just a yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but what's happened over the years, and we discovered this probably about 10 or 12 years in, is that we had stopped having conversations and stopped being curious about what we like to do. Yeah. And so we were actually at a marriage event where they said, you're going to make a list of things that you do, and then you're going to swap it yeah. with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And we've actually taken this and, and run with it in the one family where we're like, okay, we call it the top 10 list, right? And you make it, I mean, everybody's got a piece of paper or their phone. You write the numbers one to 10 and you pick a theme. It might be outdoor adventures, right? And each spouse writes down a list of 10 things that they would like to do. And not like, and it's what you want to do. It's not what you think your spouse would like for you to right. go do. Like it's oh, these are 10 things that I want. And you don't have to get specific. If you want to be specific on outdoors, you can, sure. or it could just be. It could just be like, what are 10 activities we want to do together? Mm-hmm. You know, what are yeah. 10 ways we want to adventure together? And just, yeah. write 10 restaurants 10, we to 10, just write 10 things down. And we did that. And what we found, it was really interesting when Elise and I shared, we found that we both wanted and liked musicals and theater mm-hmm. oh, and had never talked about that. And, and at this point, we've exactly. been married 10 years, yeah. you know, and yeah. so it changed at that time because we did have younger kids, but we could get to the theater and, mm-hmm. and we both yeah. love it. And we've just, we've gone different places. We've gone to Vegas to see theater. I mean, here locally from small, like yeah. high school stuff to, to bigger productions. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we've done over the years as well on and off and depending on where we're at. 
Mm-hmm. But that top 10 list, Krista, really helps couples because then, yeah. you know, it gives you an opportunity as a marriage coach. I don't often tell people to be selfish. In fact, a lot of times we're working against being selfish, but yeah. when you can create that yeah. list and then you give it to your spouse, it's like giving your spouse all of the answers mm-hmm. on how to go adventure together. Mm-hmm. Cause now if you guys have got a date on the calendar, or if you've got a, you're trying to plan a weekend vacation, a, you know, those types of things, you can say, all right, well, I know what my spouse would like to do. Right. And so it can be really exciting and empowering for a couple to have that list and be able to adventure from it. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. And you guys are really making everyone I know think along with me about memories where we tried to get our spouse to do something that really was not in their wheelhouse. And we found out the hard way through their resentment or through the unspoken Mm -hmm. passive aggressiveness or sometimes Uh screams. (laughs) Get the whole gamut. Yeah. Yeah. Me and you know, because we've been married for so long. We're like all of the above post 20 year marriages. (laughs) So, but that makes me happy that you're giving our audience an actual tool. You're saying whether you're adventuring right now or not, write a list of 10 things. And I know you're going to be telling us about your group too, but that's just a fun space. They can start with this is let's see what's in common. And do couples usually have at least something in common on that list? It really depends on the couple. Okay. But what, what I share with my coaching clients specifically is it's okay if you don't have anything in common because now, you know, the answers for your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so you can even take, let's say, um, Tony had a cooking class, Mm -hmm. take a cooking class on his, I could put my own spin on that. Like maybe I want to take a pastry class, Mm -hmm. right? Well, he wants to do cooking. I'll just put a spin on it. Pastry. We can still do something that's going to be exciting for me. Mm -hmm. exciting for him and give us the opportunity. I mean, the beautiful thing about adventuring with your spouse and whatever capacity that is, is that it gives you an opportunity to build memories and to build connection. And so being able to have a list and do something like that, whether it's stuff in common or not, lets the two of you just step into that place of connection together. And that's, what's so Mm -hmm. powerful in marriage. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. And it sounds like you're creating environments where it's not just about the everyday stress. And I think that's so important when you're talking about marriage uh, adventures is we already have that. We already have to ask, did you take the garbage out? Did you do the dishes? Did you pick up the kid? Uh, We were like, oh my gosh, who's taking Jack to Taekwondo tonight? Um, And it's just the daily. But what you're saying is when you reach out for an adventure together, it could even be something like going to a local theater play because that's out of the ordinary. It's not just going out to eat. Here's something I'd love to share. And I've only done this once Yeah, because I don't know if I'd do it again, but it, it was awesome. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I you know exactly did. where you're going. You know oh I'm my going. gosh, she knows. I love it. So we had an anniversary and I was trying to think of some fun way to, to make it an adventure for us, more mm-hmm. so for Elisa than for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I ended up doing is I wrote out um, a, a card, just letting her know what was going to happen on this day. Mm-hmm. And I went so far as to make sure that we had a masseuse there for her. I told her, I was like, here are the clothes that you can wear. Um, here are the shoes. Here's everything. Then I, I got, I rented a car because I just wanted a fun car. Mm-hmm. Um, this is before Turo. Turo makes it really easy rent a car. Yes. So rented a car, booked a place at our, at our favorite sushi place, mm-hmm. and then called the sushi place knowing that I know what she likes mm-hmm. ordered. They would, they typically don't let you order ahead of time, but I said, look, it's my anniversary. Can you please do? So I made it so that she would just show up 
not give them not give us the menus mm -hmm. they just brought the food Elisa didn't have to think about anything it was really fun that was a, that was that, that, and that was sort of like oh my gosh okay what's gonna happen is she gonna is she gonna be okay with the masseuse is she gonna be okay <laughs> yeah. like laying out clothes for her so there's some some stress in there for me but it, it turned out to be quite an adventure and then we came home and just I think chilled that night yeah because you you'd made arrangements out. even for the babysitter oh that's right I made yeah, arrangements for the babysitter like, too score babysitter <laughs> all planned and everything oh but but that was an incredible opportunity for me because there was absolutely zero decisions that I had to make and sometimes it's really nice mm. in marriage to just have a night where you don't have to make any decisions but I will want, I do want to say this too I did I did it once yeah, I did it once. Yeah. I haven't done it again. Yes, um, you could do it again. I'd be I, open to that. I know. Oh. I'm sure you would be. But to, good to hear that. Yeah, it's a huge hustle. <laughs> no, but I love hearing that because he's right that some he had to see how it would land because some people are such planners that they'd be like that makes me nervous and yeah. and it could have been too stressful for him. So having the list gives us options about each other and Absolutely. we can say which one of these am I able to do? I also mm -hmm. like how Tony brought it back to the fact that even as the words were coming out of my mouth just out to dinner, I was thinking what a privilege it is especially post pandemic to even go out to dinner and how that can be everything if you know how to hang out together well. Um, yes. And that's a totally different conversation, I'm sure. But I love your adventure stories, you guys. This is beautiful. And it leads me to just seeing how close and connected you guys are, which reminds me of your six pillars of intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know you have such a way to draw us connected to one another. Yeah. And the six pillars of intimacy, it is our newest release. It came out November of 2021. Yeah. And this is a book that really has been, had been 12 years in the making, literally from oh. the time that we started One Extraordinary Marriage, and even a couple of years before that, so probably about 14 years in the making. And, yeah. you know, over the years, I think for so many people, intimacy and sex have been synonymous, right? When people say intimacy, we find this when we speak at events and things like that. You know, if we say intimacy, people are like, are well, you talking about sex? Yeah. And what we realized at some of the darkest points in our marriage was that sex doesn't fix everything and you can't be having sex 24 hours a day. Right. So how do you look at the marriage as a, as a whole, as in its entirety and be in a place where you can address and find opportunities to be close and connected across every sphere. And that's really where the six pillars came from. So the six pillars of intimacy are emotional intimacy, mm -hmm. how the two of you communicate physical intimacy, all the non-sexual touch. Mm -hmm. Then we get into financial intimacy, which is talking about money and using money as a tool to actually build your marriage. Yep. And then we go from there to spiritual intimacy. How do we mm -hmm. build our religious beliefs together? Mm -hmm. Recreational intimacy, talking about fun, adventures, yes. dates. That's your recreational intimacy. And then lastly is your sexual intimacy. Yeah. Which oh. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> yeah, and I love how you're saying that's last, not because it's not important. It's because your your all these different levels matter when it comes to intimacy, and that one improves, I'm sure, as the other five are kind of blessed and, and built in, huh? Absolutely, and you know, emotional intimacy is on one end, sexual intimacy is on the other end, because a lot of times in marriage, those can be two sides of the same coin for a couple. And when those two are both strong, then the other four in the middle really all get elevated. But we put the, it was very strategic as we were looking at what had shifted in our marriage, oh. how they were sequenced in order to be able to address uh, everything for a couple. I didn't realize that. So the emotional and the sexual intimacy um, were so tied in that 
when you had those two going well, everything else fell in the financial, Mm -hmm. the spiritual, the physical. Oh my goodness. How interesting. And And emotionally being the first one, because it it is the workhorse, right? I mean, we have to be able to communicate with that verbal, nonverbal communication we're having with all of them, right? Because if I shut down on our financial intimacy, well, it isn't going to go anywhere. There are going right. to be right. obvious cracks there. Mm-hmm. So how are we helping folks strengthen their emotional intimacy through different skills usually allows them to go through the rest? Yeah, mm, that's beautiful. What is a way that you can recommend to our audience to build some emotional intimacy back up? I know mm-hmm. I can see you're very well attuned together. What do you usually start people with when they're saying, okay, thank you, but we're so far away from each other. One of the biggest things is, you know, I find that a lot of people specifically in coaching, you know, they struggle with two things. They struggle with being able to identify their emotions mm-hmm. and they struggle. A lot of people have um, a belief that they're not good communicators, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that keeps them, you know, it, it kind of becomes that default of, well, I'm not a good communicator, so I, so I don't have to work at it. Um, when it comes to being able to express emotions, actually, if you want to yeah. just show it because you've probably seen something like this but for the audience this is an emotion wheel wheel. and a lot of my couples use this because so often we can get stuck in those inside that inner circle where it's just talking about the high level emotions like i'm angry or i'm happy or i'm sad or i'm scared and the reality is that there's so many nuances and as a Mm. as an individual as we get comfortable talking about our emotions then we can step into a place of vulnerability Mm with our spouse. We have to know ourselves first. We can't expect them to know us better. Um, So that addresses the emotions, but you know, the idea that people aren't good communicators, Mm -hmm. that just says you don't have so often what I've seen with my clients is that just means you don't, you need a different skill set to be able to communicate well. And I have, I have something to share when we were young married, one of the big things that we were always taught. And I remember just reading was, Hey, if you're, if you need to talk to your spouse and and I heard this from many different people in many different ways was sit down, be knee to knee, grab hands, look each other in the eyes. Oh no! And, and I will tell you, that was one of the most scariest things to do. Yeah. yeah. Because mm. Lisa, uh, I love her, but she's intense, man. I felt like she was just staring me down. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think what we've done over the years is we've learned that that dynamic can be very combative with one another. And in marriage, that can become very combative because we're we're looking at each other from across Mm -hmm. this playing field. And it's like, you're my enemy. And instead we change that dynamic in our marriage, what we call our walk-in talks, which is we get outside, Mm -hmm. go for a walk, but we're shoulder to shoulder. And this is a teammate. This is we're on the same team position. Mm. And that really has changed that dynamic. We're moving, we're talking, but it's not this combative stance anymore it's we're on the same team and if you look at like a football team the the line the linemen they're all together mm-hmm. and they work together to go right. after the quarterback say right. you're right but they're not face to face and and i think for a lot of couples if they just change that dynamic a little bit from here to here mm-hmm. it, a lot of shifts. it shifts that emotional intimacy where it's like oh i can talk about that now well beforehand i couldn't yeah Wow. That's such a great reminder and a great analogy that you guys put together there, because when we're face to face, there is a bit of a threat because we don't feel safe in that moment. 
and we're looking to the other one to provide some safety, but they don't feel safe either. So it really actually makes you create it, you know, more worry, more defensiveness. So I love your tactic to say, let's keep our bodies in motion. We're all learning, learning about stimming nowadays where we're really learning that people have to self-soothe. So this is great advice. And there's maybe those few couples who really do love to get soft face to face, hold hands. Um, But what's nice is you're giving us options if that's not us and you're not making us feel bad. And you're also reminding us, Hey, you're not a bad communicator. You just need some new tools and tips. It sounds like that's really, you know, in most marriages where there's disconnect or where there's conflict or tension, it likely just means that your marriage needs something extra. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean the wheels are falling off. It doesn't mean we need to throw everything out. It's, it's having the courage to say, let's go get help to resource ourselves in Mm -hmm. this area. Let's go learn. If we're running up against a wall, let's figure out how to get over the wall together. Mm-hmm. as a team, let's not just look at the wall and be like, eh, can't do anything about it. We're done. Right. It, a lot of marriages I think would be transformed or restored mm. if they looked for ways to build the, the tools and strategies together. Mm. So for those couples listening to say, Hey, I don't know about going on an adventure because I don't feel close with them. You would re- really recommend let's emotionally attune first before yes. we take off. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, finding small ways to do that, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of people, when they think about those emotional conversations, one spouse or the other will start to break out and likely in a sweat thinking this is going to be a three hour conversation. Like, like, I'm going to have to be like, this is going to hurt. I'm I'm nauseous. I don't want to do this. And, you know, another tool or strategy for the audience is, you know, Amazon has a lot of great conversation cards for Mm -hmm. couples. True. And so for a couple that feels out of practice, sharing the emotional intimacy, you know, there's um, 88 great conversation starters for husbands and wives. It's the one that we currently have in our car. And we'll even on drives or if we're going for a walk, we'll just grab a card and that'll be our launching off point because now you don't have to be in that place of going, okay, we're talking. I don't know. Like what else is there to talk about besides the kids and the bills and the chores this weekend? Right. But if you have, you have permission to use a conversation start. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your marriage. It's just, it's a kickstart. It's a kick in the pants. Like let's talk about something. And it gives both of you the opportunity to walk into building that emotional intimacy so that you can get excited about doing things together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And you just also reminded us that it doesn't have to be like, we can't take an adventure together because we're not doing well, which we all see a lot of spouses hold over each other. I'm sure we've done it to a point, but it's so nice to be able to say, no, just even five minutes of doing a couple of these conversations can work. John Gutman's love maps. Um, I know Wes and I had a date recently where I was super hyper about something in a bad way. Mm -hmm. And he popped off to seven 11 and said, I'm going to just run in and get a sun pass. And he came out with a Slurpee and a bag of Cheetos and we like try to eat generally clean. So I was like, oh my gosh, I love you. Like it just broke the mood. And now we're off to an adventure together. Very happy because we had had five minutes to breathe and a little snack. And so don't think listeners that you guys can't jump on in. If you take one of these tools, like the walk and talk or cards, because it doesn't take much sometimes, right? We're just exhausted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our walk and talks are... 20 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes yeah. around our neighborhood. I mean, it's not like 
we're driving down to the beach every single time. We're not going to the, you know, the hilltop park every time. I mean, it's not, it's not like we're getting out of yeah. our normal everyday place. We're just like, okay, let's just go down the street, walk around the neighborhood. It's yeah. sunrise or it's sunset. It's just a nice time of day just to get out and, and move and just relax a little bit right. and, yeah. and and get away. And, and even some of our dinners that we do go on, just bringing a couple cards in helps okay. us to put away these dang phones mm-hmm. and not pay attention to them, but okay. pay attention to ourselves mm-hmm. and, and reminisce. Some of them are, are memory ones. Some of them are futuristic ones. Some are in here in the now. And so it, yes. it, it creates you to go, okay, where am I? What, 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 what would that look like? Right. And uh. open, honest and transparent. Oh, that's beautiful. What a great reminder of the phones too, you guys, that people need to realize that even if they, there's a lot of studies that show us, even if the phone is present out on the table at dinner, we're different. So just to be able to say the physicality of a card versus a phone or looking it up. So, ah, this is amazing. Well, where can our audience get in touch with you for more on the six pillars? I know this is a newer program. And so I think you're doing something pretty cool with it. Yeah, I, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Mm-hmm. That's where I'd say go right now. That's the main site. You'll see the different things that are going on. If you want to pick up the book, it's available on Amazon and oh. many other online retailers. Audiobook is available mm-hmm. as well for you, audio listeners, because <laughs> you're, pro- you're probably listening to this. You're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so we understand we're, we're big into audiobooks these yeah. days as well. But yeah, the best place to start, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can get all of our resources, learn more about us and what we're doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. Such an incredible show that you have. We're so honored that you're here with us to share this wisdom and the fun today and your crazy adventures all over these mountains in this world. So, and I know there's more to come, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you again, you guys. You're welcome, Krista. Thank you. Thanks, Krista. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that was so helpful. I'm so glad for Tony and Elisa. Their program is there for you if you need this on a deeper dive level with your specific conflicts. They've got it for you. And they have all these different pillars of intimacy for you to really look at. So make sure you listen to their pod. Make sure you follow them. We will put everything they've got in the show notes. And please be with us next month as we process our sexual intimacy issues. Make sure you share with us. In the show notes, also, if you have questions specifically that you want to possibly get answered this month on the pod, we'll be looking at those and a whole lot more as we talk in that sizzling hot, steamy month of July, I should say, with all the heat waves going around the world. But make sure that you tune in with us because it's going to be a lot of fun. So great job today. I'm so glad you hung out with me. It was a blast as always. And I believe in you for making these changes. Take a deep breath if you feel like it's too too much. Make sure that you take good self-care so that you can replenish and get revived and not be in shame and also not be in so much self-care that you're forgetting that work is a very good and very blessed part of life too. So I will be looking out for you with that balance intentionally. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.